Hi there, this is Charles Kelly, Money Tips, uh, reporting to you on the start of a new month, the 1st of November, uh, and, and, and in London here where it's getting colder, winter's coming. So I thought I'd give you a quick update on what's been happening with the property market here in, in the UK, in particular in London, because you know, I'm based in London and London seems to drive much of the, the, the market forward, doesn't it? Well, I think I did a quick report on this over the weekend, but I got cut off because I was out and about. But what I wanted to say was I was out with an agent. For, for a, he didn't want to be named, but he's, he works for a large firm. He's, he's, he works with them, so he's not authorised to really be a spokesperson for them. But he told me that buy-to-let property demand had, had fallen by 60%, and in particular, Chinese buyers were had just kind of dried up. They've gone. Uh, and, and I think that reflects back to what's going on with with the Evergrande situation, the Chinese uh, market being in, in, in serious problems. There's a bubble about to burst over there, I, I would say very shortly, but we'll, we'll have to see. But prior to that, the Chinese were out investing all over the world. And you think, where are they getting this money from? Well, of course, they were getting loads of money from the lenders and bonds and, and the banks in China, because... I mean, I'll give you one example. Uh, a, f a friend of mine sells property in, in the Philippines and, you know, they, they normally sell to expats. So they come over to London, they go to America and Europe and they, they sell to, to Filipinos who are working abroad, overseas Filipino workers, nurses and so on. And they, they would sell them a flat. Well, then the Chinese came along and they weren't buying one flat. They were buying a whole floor. Some of them wanted to buy a whole block, but they weren't allowed to, according to the uh, rules in the Philippines, which doesn't allow you to own freehold property or whole blocks of apartments. So they were trying to find ways around that they could buy whole blocks of developments. And they've they've been buying up half of Manila, not literally, but you, you know what I mean. And they're just buying everything there. And that's just one example. They're, they're buying properties all over the place in, in Sydney, Vancouver, uh, Auckland, where the markets have reached sort of bubble level literally that they've gone crazy it's crazily overpriced and also in in london as well so in, in london we've seen a lot of chinese buyers now these are different from the hong kong buyers who are uh, perhaps coming over here after with, with their british national uh, overseas passports from, from hong kong to sort of get out of there uh, and but these are chinese buyers from mainland china who seem to have unlimited funds and you think where are they getting this money from well, now I think the government has put a block break on the on the borrowing over there and maybe also on people getting money out of China. I've heard of people even having problems getting the money out of Hong Kong with the, the famous HSBC Bank, which used to be Hong Kong Shanghai Bank that took over or merged with the Midland Bank in the UK. They're causing problems because, uh, you know, people have got accounts with the HSBC in Hong Kong. They think, well, I'll, go, I'll come to London. It should be a straightforward transfer. No there's been problems so you might want to look into that yourselves but uh, I'm also the author of the book yes money can buy you happiness where I talk about uh, you know earning money making money keeping money I talk about how to avoid losing it like many of the stars who've who've, who've lost their fortunes uh, over the years despite earning millions of, of pounds and Katie Price is one example recently in the bankruptcy court now got done for drunk driving she she earned a fortune she could earn you know, tens of thousands of pounds in a day's model shoot. And, and then she was on TV and, and all this sort of stuff, bankrupt. So there you go. It can easily happen to, to, to the best of them. Uh, so it's a buy-to-let property demand is down 60%. And this comes as a as another report suggests that 
the, the whole market for flats in, in the UK, and this is, would, would be more in the cities, the flat market is in a serious slump. It says the flat market is in a serious slump. Now, during the, the pandemic, we saw the demand for sort of four bedroom upwards properties in the suburbs outside of London a little bit, had a shot up and, and people were getting record prices for those. But, but I've noticed that flats have come down a bit. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more properties on the market where they've said, you know, this is reduced from by 50,000. It was 650. Now it's 600. They'll take offers or 550. It was 600. They'll take offers. Believe me, it, it's happening. Whereas, you know, six months, eight months ago, you were put on a waiting list to buy a property and they, they would only consider offers above the asking price. So I said, well, they've been offered the asking price. I said, well, why don't they take the asking price? No, they want offers over the asking price. But that was before the stamp duty holiday rush uh, came to an end in the summer. It'll be interesting to see what happens now coming into the winter months where buyer demand is typically lower anyway. Maybe people don't like going out looking at properties in the cold and the wet, but it's always been a bit difficult in the winter. Now, he did say, however, that the rental market is hot again. Uh, Renters are coming back. In, into towns, into London. Uh, maybe they've been pushed away during, during the, the lockdown and, and now have to come back in because in, their bosses want them back in, in the office. Uh, it could be that the, the student market's picking up. I, I don't know, but he's definitely said, um, you know, if you buy this property, you wanted it rented out, we, we could get tenants immediately, no problem at all. Whereas, um, you know, six, eight months ago, I, I went to visit one property and, and tenants were in the process of moving out because they said they could find a cheaper property locally. And this was in St. John's Wood, very expensive area, but they were moving out into the same area, but paying lower rents. And their rent wasn't that high anyway. There were three people sharing. So that's interesting. Uh, other news is that stock markets remain at their highest level ever, despite you know the fundamentals not being there, despite the fact that many stocks are way overpriced on based on PE ratios and um, uh, historical data. They're just way overpriced, which is why investors like Warren Buffett are sitting on billions of pounds, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in cash, waiting for the market to correct and waiting to find value in the market. He's a value investor. He looks for, for value in the price of the shares, not just on this sticker price, uh, but really what the company is really worth and what the company is really uh, able to do in the future based on, on forecasts and numbers. And these value investors have consistently made money during good times and bad. And a lot of investors will make far more money during a slump than they will during the boom years. So we'll wait and see what happens there. The only thing that stopped a stock market slump is the amount of uh, money printing that's going on. I mean, in the US, they're still buying bonds at $120 billion per month. And you think of a billion dollars, a billion dollars, you could live on that for the rest of your life, your children's life, and your grandchildren's life, they'd still have money left over. Uh, there's not that many billionaires in the world. This is 120 billion of those enormous fortunes being printed to buy bonds in, in the bond market to keep markets afloat. It, it just seems bonkers to me, and yet the stock markets are still lapping it up and, and, and the, the prices are going up. But when the markets do correct, some people are just, are just going to get caught out and it won't be that the bankers and it, it probably won't be the professional investors. It will be the people that are sitting there with, with their money and they wake up one morning. Suddenly it's gone down 30, 40, 50 percent. 
could even be 90% as in the, the, the 1929 crash. So who knows? You might think, well, I'm not investing in the stock market. Well, hold on. Have you got a pension scheme? Have you got a fund? Have you got a mutual fund? Have you got an ISA invested in the stock market? Think about that. Look at where your money is. Look at how much risk your money is in at the moment. So that, that we'll see. And, and the governments during this pandemic have really, uh, they're patting themselves on the back because they've saved businesses from uh, bankruptcy. But then there's a lot of businesses maybe saved that perhaps should have gone into bankruptcy. They're only just really delaying the problem. They're kicking the can down the road uh, for another time for when, for when they'll hit bankruptcy. A lot of businesses were in trouble before the, the lockdown anyway. And, and despite bailouts and money being pumped into them, may still not survive. Uh, and, and we know that up to 20 billion of this money has been fraudulently taken. And, and now they've hired an ex-MI6 secret agent. Uh, this is no joke. They've hired an MI6 secret agent, some cyber security specialist, to go after people that have defrauded the system when it could have been avoided by having proper checks in place. Like when you go to get a bank loan, they want to know a lot of information. They don't just throw the money at you. But when, when the government was saying, give them the money, we'll back it up, taxpayers' money, then they were throwing the money at people. So, of course, some people are going to say, thanks very much, I'm off. Well, now they've hired an MI6 agent to go after them. It's not James, it's a, it's a lady, it's not James Bond, but it's a similar kind of, it's, it's almost laughable, but it but is it's actually true. So you could expect a visit from uh, Mrs. Bond very soon if you've run off with the government's money in the UK and you're not paying it back. You have been warned, okay? Now, the UK independent forecaster, uh, the OBR, Office for Budget Responsibility, have said that uh, households will remain worse off than they were before the pandemic until 2023. Now, this goes against the, the, the news that, oh, we're all bouncing back, everybody's happy, you know, the economy has bounced back. Well, I don't think so. And, and the OBR don't think so either. They told uh, MPs that incomes would not return to 2019 levels for another two years. And, and that may be, be, be as a result that uh, business is not back up to where it was. And, and the main reason they give is that very low rate uh, of productivity growth. So no matter how much money you pump into the economy, you need productivity, you need uh, productive growth, you need new inventions you need new businesses you need things to grow again and unfortunately when you're propping up old businesses that that doesn't happen you know economies go in cycles you know they, they have boom years and bust years and sometimes you need that clear out of old companies that are no longer profitable you need to clear them out you can't just keep pumping taxpayers money to bail out those companies forever and this is what maggie thatcher did in the 70s she said we're not going to give taxpayers money that's that the people that vote for them, we're not going to keep pumping taxpayers' money to bail out uh, state-owned industries. And that's why a lot of industries were let go. Some people say that was a mistake. Some people say she should have bailed them out, just like they do in France and Germany, and rescued some of those companies. And to a certain extent, I, I tend to agree with that. But she said, no, the government doesn't have money. It's the people's money. It's taxpayers' money. It's businesses that pay taxes that that produce the money, not governments, okay? And that, that was always very uh, good advice. She said, the problem is with socialists, like Joe Biden, for instance, uh, is that they eventually run out of other people's money to spend. And, and Biden is planning 
multi-trillion dollar uh, spending sprees, uh, mainly towards green energy, which uh, will benefit the Chinese economies more than our economy. Uh, and and that, that is a bit worrying. And in the UK, uh, the non-socialist Boris Johnson Conservative government seemed to be doing the same thing, to, to but in a more controlled way. We've got the COP26 uh, um, conference going on at the moment, Climate Change Control Conference, and every government's coming out saying, yes, we'll do this, we'll do that. Now, the problem is that UK and Europe uh, and, and America have agreed to cut emissions by 2050 and go to zero carbon emissions, but other countries, another one today, India, will not do it till 2070. China is, is a similar thing. So we're going to be in a disadvantage. And when you consider that China and India are amongst the top uh, pollution admitters, uh, then, th then it's worrying because they are carrying on burning coal and China is still building coal-powered uh, electricity-generating stations, whereas we are, are you know, who, who are responsible for just 1% of the world's carbon emissions uh, are, are going into reverse gear in the economy. You know, just this week, we've had, to, we've had a ULES charge. It's going to cost people £12.50 to drive into an area at a sort of an eight to 10 mile ring around London. Now, yeah, we want to have clean air, but you know, for people who've got slightly older cars and diesel vehicles, they're gonna to have to upgrade. So it's gonna cost a lot of money. They're having to change their vehicles to be able to drive into these areas. And that's just one example that is a threat to the economy because it will no doubt affect a lot of businesses. Um, you know, just registering for this charge today took me 45 minutes because uh, you have to keep putting your addresses in again and then the card and then the addresses in again and then pay it and then the addresses in again, log in, log out. It just, it took a long time. So uh, that's all a waste of my time uh, to deal with these things. And it's it's a waste of businesses' time and money to have to change, say, a four-year-old diesel van uh, because he's going in and outside of the zone. And that's not to mention the businesses that are within the zone that will suffer because people won't drive into that zone to, to buy things in their stores and, and warehouses and that sort of thing. So that, that is, I see that as a bigger threat to our economy is this, this rush to go green when the, the biggest polluters in the world, China, are just sitting back, okay, you go ahead, West, you, you, you can go green, we'll just watch and sell you more batteries and sell you more things while you go green and we'll carry on burning coal like, like there's no tomorrow. So, so just watch out for that. I'm not having a rant or anything, but I think that's something we've got to watch. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's all I've got to say for today. Remember that financial education is the key to, to, to keeping wealth and earning and building wealth. Uh, so never stop learning. Keep watching my channels on YouTube, on Facebook. And, and of course, uh, do, do subscribe, do like them. And if, if you are interested in further information, there's a link there to some of my free uh, free courses. So thanks for listening. And have a have a great day. Thanks for everyone who, who tunes in and watches me on Facebook. It's great to see you.